Anna Zickerman spent her life growing up in the UAE. And she knew she always wanted to do something with sports rehabilitation. So she went off to university, became a qualified medical doctor, and then came back to her home, which was the UAE, and realized that there was no sports rehabilitation that was in the UAE and in Dubai. So what did Anna do? Anna created the UAE's first sports rehabilitation clinic, which is called Up and Running. I remember when Up and Running opened because I was one of their first clients and I have visited Up and Running many a time over the years as I've injured myself over several sporting pursuits. But Anna has experienced the ups and downs of owning a business, opening multiple locations, being innovative, trying things that work and don't work, and has built a really beautiful brand and a clinic that is one of the go-tos within the UAE for sports rehabilitation. Welcome to the Women on the Rise podcast. I'm Jen Blandos, and I am so excited to share with you that for the next 30 days, I am introducing you to 30 of Female Fusions members from around the world. They are going to share with you their stories of entrepreneurship, their highs, the lows, what inspired them to get into business, which I hope will inspire you along your entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to another episode of Women on the Rise, and this is our special collection of interviews with inspiring female entrepreneurs from Female Fusion. And today I am talking to Anna, who is the founder of the Up and Running Physiotherapy and Medical Center here in Dubai. And I'm so excited to talk to Anna because I was saying to Anna before we started as well, I've been a client of Up and Running since the very beginning. Welcome to the podcast, Anna. Thank you, Jen. So for everybody who does not know Up and Running or for those who live outside of the UAE, maybe you could tell everybody a little bit about your journey and what Up and Running does. Sure. The journey started in uh, when I was deciding what A-levels I was going to do. I was living here in Dubai. I've been brought up here and I wasn't quite sure which direction to go. And in those days, in the sort of uh, in the 80s, late 80s, we didn't really have access to resources like you do today, and especially in Dubai that's quite isolated. My PE teacher came up to me and said, why didn't you do sports medicine? I'd never even heard of it. I'd really enjoyed doing PE with my PE teachers and helping her out with the students below, and I really enjoyed the sciences. So I sort of thought about it and thought, yeah, that sounds a great idea. So all of a sudden, my journey was made just through that one comment that she had. And um, I was then destined to seek universities in the UK and found universities and went off there to study. My ambition was to come back to Dubai to open my own sports injury clinic. And I was hoping that'd be the first one that we had, bearing in mind in those days, there was nothing like it. Yeah. And so was it the the first sports injury clinic in Dubai when you opened in 2010? Yes, absolutely. So the the journey that I had, I was thinking five years university, I come back and I open it up. But things took a lot longer than that because sports medicine didn't actually exist by the time I got to the UK. It hadn't developed yet. So it's still a very new specialty. But throughout my training, we then found 
um, found a niche where I could go and it was a master's in sports medicine that had started. So I joined the master's and then through that developed my own career path until I got the credentials I needed to move back out. Moved back out in 2006. And in 2007, by the time I got settled down, um, I applied through the DHA for sports and exercise medicine specialty and they didn't have that. So she was writing it down and making sure she had it all correct. Um, and then she was like, OK, but I don't know who to get to interview you. So it was quite interesting. Uh -huh. They found orthopedic surgeon, a physiatrist and an A&E consultant to do okay. the interview. So okay. that was the start of sports medicine in the region. Wow. So you're the very first sports medicine specialist in the region. Yes. Wow. I feel very lucky to have a pioneer within mm. our midst of female fusion. <laughs> <laughs> so you started the clinic in 2010. And yes. I remember that um, before we started filming, I was reminiscing about where your clinic was in the beginning because... Yeah. I, I've been in Dubai since 2009, and so I was one of your, yeah. your first patients back then as well, always injuring myself. <laughs> Sports and injury go hand in <laughs> hand with Jen. <laughs> so you started the, the first clinic in 2010. Yeah. What was that like? If you're starting something new, there must have been a lot of challenges in getting that up and running, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we could write a long book about it. And especially in those days, one, um, it was a little more challenging being a female entrepreneur. Yeah. Two, setting something up that hadn't existed before. And we wanted a lot of other specialties that weren't licensed yet. So we had to try and challenge uh, the DHA. And luckily, we managed to get most of them through. Um, so we could then create a team of specialists under the sports medicine banner. So wow. sports medicine and rehabilitation and then gradually grow as we sort of went on. And then you, because this was all new, I guess you had to recruit people from abroad yes. you couldn't find them here no no we recruited quite heavily from abroad in fact at the start um just about 100 percent of our employees were from abroad from a clinician perspective um i've now looked through the st statistics we remain about 60 percent recruited from abroad okay because uh, we always want to bring in new talent yeah um, and we're very specific as to who who we want to come in the personalities they have the skills they have to see what value add they can provide uh, and hence enhance the clinic and continue to grow uh, okay. what we're doing. And you've got, so you've gone from that one clinic yeah. back in 2010. Yeah. And now you've added on other clinics. Talk me through how, how that worked. Sure. So we we did have um, a clinic in, in DI, sorry, in um, the Jumeirah Gulf Estates. Okay. So that was a lesson, a difficult lesson to handle at the time because Jumeirah Gulf Estates wasn't ready uh, for a clinic. Uh, the facilities were great, but they just weren't ready at the time. I guess because the community was still being built being up built, for yeah. those who are international who are listening to us, because we have a lot of international listeners, that Dubai has grown as a city very quickly, the whole UAE has. And so, you know, you'll end up having communities being built that are have next to no facilities in it and very little community and then yeah. 10 years on it's bustling but it Absolutely. takes time yeah and at that point the um, there was lots of work going on but that got put on hold so okay. therefore the clinic uh, wasn't thriving as was predicted so that was a hard hit but we soon opened emirates golf club instead okay um and that went brilliant so nearly straight ahead um we were getting filled 
um, schedules. And Emirates Golf Club being a very popular golf club, but also central to a lot yes. of, um, uh, um, what would that be, people living in the area. Yeah. So easily accessible and easy access. Yeah. Um, Good parking. No, it's my local one. So whenever I would go to Physio, I would always be like, can I go over there? <laughs> It's five minutes from home. It is. And it's lovely to come into a, a space that doesn't really feel like a clinic. Yeah. It's more, it is more gym based really because it's mainly rehab that we have there. Yeah. So it's a nice feel. And then we've got DIFC that we opened afterwards aiming to be more corporate. Okay. Treating the corporates with the lots of necks, backs, um, the weekend warriors who don't have time to look after themselves in the week and then they go out and uh, do the sprint exercising over the weekend. Um, and and that's been picking up, but unfortunately we opened just before COVID hit. Yes. Um, that, that must have been challenge. hard. Mm. And did you find um, when COVID hit, how was that as a clinic? Were you able to remain open? Because I guess some of the services that you were delivering was essential or did you have Absolutely. to close down no we we were working very closely with the health authorities to make sure we were fully compliant all the way through uh, the difc branch we closed um, okay. emirates golf club uh, we also closed initially and then could slowly open but we were providing certificates of author authorization for the patients to come to the clinic where we could justify the reason for them to come and see us and be treated. So you've got mums at home with kids with back pain or yeah. uh, severe shoulder pains and they're, they're struggling. And you know to have kids at home because they're not going to school um, and trying to deal with that is stressful enough, let alone if you're then suffering from pain at the same time. So we, we were ticking along. I mean, we had uh, the lowest was probably eight patients in a day. Wow. So it was tough. Oh, as a business owner, I can <laughs> feel that. I mean, the pandemic was hard for, for all of us, but did you find in the pandemic that it maybe gave you lessons about running the business that you've changed the way that you're running the business now? 100%. I actually think for us, it was a blessing in disguise, a hard lesson, difficult challenges that we had. Um, but with through default, a lot of people chose to move on or move back home. Um, a lot of management left and then we took on a consultant company and uh, they have then been with us ever since and really helped us sort of streamline, grow um, and make sure that the investments we make are properly sort of screened and sound. That's interesting actually that you say that, you know, most entrepreneurs who kind of lived through the pandemic and maybe even if they didn't thrive, if it was a little bit difficult, now say that having experienced that has really helped shape their business today, which has made their business more profitable, more yeah. streamlined. Well, we also had to use the opportunity to negotiate the contracts for clinicians. I mean, having clinicians on high fixed salaries and no yeah. patients coming through is just non-feasible. Non, um, non so um, luckily, a lot of them understood. We managed to change the contracts. And that's also been an interesting observation because before we had clinicians on fairly good fixed, but then they get commission over a certain level. Mm -hmm. We changed everybody to a very small basic, you know, just to comply yeah. and then more commission. And when you're now looking at how many patients they see, their mindset's changed and they're more driven by revenue, which has helped them and helped us. And they're earning yeah. far more than they did even before COVID on a fixed. Right. And it, I find sometimes if you have your team understanding what it takes to run a business, 
that it becomes easier to run the business. It does. Because then they understand that, okay, the patient might be paying this amount of money, but actually, you know, the clinic has to pay for rent. It has to pay for insurance. It has to pay for the staff that are working here. All of the other things that take to run a business that people don't automatically think about. That's right. And they think, well, this percentage of the money is going to the business. Yeah. Um, Adam must be rolling in it. They they do. And there's my car getting simpler and simpler and there's getting sort of more posh as they go. Um, But no, it's a really, really good journey from our perspective. You know, as I said, lots of lessons learned. Uh, But I think the challenges for us wasn't under COVID. It was the year after. Really? Um, What was that challenge? As part of COVID, we also took on direct billing. Uh, And as direct billing, you've got delayed payments. Okay. And um, because of the summer of COVID, we were still struggling a little bit with making payments. So clinicians were being paid late. So even though we'd negotiated contracts, they were being paid late. Um, oh, so a lot of them hard thought... hard as a business owner, isn't it? Well, you know, I don't feel this is right. So they chose to leave. As they leave, you then got to pay the gratuity that we didn't have in reserves. So it was challenging. Um, and then come the year after, um, we were at the point where... It was break point. It was very, very difficult. And we'd not paid the rent for a few months because we had the money in insurance, but they'd yeah. not paid it. Do you know, this is so frustrating, isn't it? When you are a small business and you have bigger businesses that owe you money, that morally they should pay their bills mm. and they should pay their bills on time. And for insurance, it must be so frustrating for you because I can see from a patient perspective, it's easier to go to a clinic where it's direct billing. Of course. Because I always forget to submit my insurance claims. (laughs) And I'm sure there's a lot of people like me as well. And it's just saving me on the convenience that it's so good. You turn up and you don't have to pay anything and your insurance settles it. And so I can see on one hand that that must be great for you as a business that probably more people are like, oh, up and running is doing direct billing. Great. I'm going to go there. But then for you running a business, it's so hard. And I think they don't think about this, especially with the smaller clinics, which is why a lot of times the smaller businesses don't take direct billing because you're not getting paid on time. No. For one, they negotiate the rates. um, Right. In some cases down to a quarter. And then there's delay in payment. But to be fair, you know, we've now fortunately managed to gradually work our way out of the cycle. And okay. we're now at the stage where debt's paid. Oh, good. Caught up on um, paying all the staff. Everybody's been paid. Any backlog's been paid. And now we're paid off debt. You know, bank loans are paid off. So we now see a much brighter future. And we're all very excited for oh, it. Wow. That's congratulations. That's, I mean, what what a great accomplishment from an operation side to be able to do that with with the business mm. as well. So you've got the um, the three clinics. Yep. Everything is looking good, financially yep. strong. What what I've noticed. So you're you're a pioneer. You're the first one that was in in the country offering offering what it is you do. But now there's a lot of competition. There is. How is that? How do you find that? Do you, is that a hard thing dealing with all the competition or do you find that because you were the first, because everybody knows up and running that that gives you the competitive edge? Well, 
as a clinic, we have um, we've been recruiting sports medicine doctors, some family medicine doctors, lots of physiotherapists, osteopaths, chiropractors, sports massage therapists, and then we've got nurses and a performance team with nutrition, fitness testing, and um, uh, orthotics. Wow. So there's very few clinics that offer all of that. They might have a few physios. Correct. Yeah. So we still probably have the biggest variety from an outpatient's perspective when it's got to do with sports medicine. Now, if you look at the competition out there, most of the people that are trying to compete are ex-up and running staff. (laughs) But I wouldn't say that that's an issue. I'd actually, I feel proud of that. Yeah. I feel proud that there's so many of our old staff out there because they've obviously, we brought them across they love the region. Some of them have been poached. Some of them have chosen to go a different way as part yeah. of the career path. Um, and others have just sort of wanted to try something different. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be good levers and bad levers no matter where you are. But I'm actually proud of seeing the numbers out. There's probably about 40 clinicians out there at the moment that are that up and running. Wow. Um, who are, you know, they're great. They're all great. That's good. I mean, look, we can't keep people forever right and a lot of times because I've had people resign and they're like I hope you're not angry with me and I'm like no you know like we all have to grow you can't be somewhere forever and if that means that you're taking on a different position or doing something so long as they don't do anything that damages your business but you hope that that relationship is positive that that won't happen I'm really happy for people Absolutely. And that's how I always feel. If we can be part of their journey into the career path that they've chosen, then at least I've achieved something. I'm bringing them out here to see Dubai and be able to sort of look to see what opportunities they have here and meet new people. That's That's a success. And how have you found, um, because the clinic is yours, you're running the clinic. It must be quite hard sometimes being the the top person within the business is it kind of lonely sometimes it does it gets really lonely I've obviously had lots of ups and downs through it where you're like you think you've got friends but they're colleagues they treat you differently you think you trust them but do you don't you you hear things but they don't tell you and and it does get difficult and that's always going to be the case when you're sort of the boss Um, But what's been really helpful is having Pegasus, our consulting company, to take a lot of the stresses away from me so I don't need to get involved. So it means I've been able to enjoy being a clinician again and do what I really enjoy doing because trying to see patients and run a business just doesn't work. It's so disruptive and I just feel I wasn't giving the quality that I wanted to to my patients. So by having them take the pressure off and running the back end, and we still meet on a regular basis and go through strategies and plans and what we want to do. And, um, you know, I sort of say, can we fix this? And they say, what about that? And so that's That's working. We've got such a good balance now. So it means I can be the doctor. Now, even being the doctor, trying to be part of the team, it's still not. I'm never going to be the normal doctor with anyone else. I'm not going to be the the proper part of the team. But... I still feel a lot closer to them than I used to. Um, And I'm on the floor rather than behind the scenes. So I guess that gives you the opportunity to see what's working and what's not working as well. Absolutely. And speak to the clinicians a lot more and refer them patients, bring the patients through, hand them over, get feedback. So it's creating a better rapport with them, which is good, which really helps. 
Oh, that's so good. And you're also, so you're in Female Fusion. You're one of our newer members in Female Fusion. Um, One of the things we've been doing in Female Fusion, I think joined us on our last one, is we're getting our bigger businesses together, our seven-figure businesses. Have you found that's been useful just to talk to other women, like completely different industries, Mm -hmm. but just who are also going through the challenges of having a bigger business. Absolutely. It was really interesting at the last meeting that we went to and just to hear their stories. And although the angle of what they're doing, the direction they're taking is completely different, the number of staff they have may be different, the problems are all the same. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you're at. When you're an entrepreneur, the problems are all going to be the same. Not all, but obviously in general. Yeah. So you can therefore share stories and to hear some of the recommendations and advice that people were given uh, was great and I think it's nice sometimes as well to to almost have a peer group and some friends that are going through the same thing because it's hard to have those friendships in your business because you have to be the boss and at the end of the day as you said you're always the boss but to have somebody who's like on the end of the phone or on whatsapp if you're having a bad day just going oh my goodness, I don't like, I don't know how to manage this. And somebody else has gone through the same thing, either just to listen or to say, hey, did you try this or did you try that? So nice as oh, well. Oh, it's so reassuring and you really feel comfortable uh, in that situation and you just know that, yeah, they understand you. And I think that's also been the, the issue that I've had with making friends outside of work. My friends, they're entrepreneurial because yeah. they get it. And therefore, okay, you cancel last minute or you're busy or you're traveling. Even if you're not seeing them for three months, six months, you know you're still there for each other and you can just pick up the phone and talk because they understand. um, We understand each other and we can just pick up from where we were. But I think it's really important to have that circle of people around you. And thanks to Female Fusion, I feel that group's now grown a lot bigger. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. That's so nice to hear. And what are your plans for up and running now, now that you're back and growing and um, direct billing? Yeah. So happy. Um. (laughs) Um, We have lots of exciting growth planned. Excellent. It's taken this long to stabilize. It's taken this long now to um, sort out all the little nitty gritties that needed doing. And now we've now... We've got the stepping stones in place to grow. So we've got uh, a couple of places we're looking at um, and we're making plans at the moment. Um, And then uh, there's also talk of moving international, but we're not quite there yet. Fantastic. Oh, I'm so happy for you, Anna. It is such a nice clinic and the, the love and care that you have for for your patients, for your staff is really evident. I mean, I've seen that as a customer as well. And it's just even even the clinic, the big main one that you have mm. doesn't even feel like a clinic or a doctor's office. It's really nice. You've put really nice love and care into all of that as well. The aim's always been to have somewhere where people feel comfortable coming to, that they feel looked after, cared for, listened to. Because there's a lot of people where they go see doctors and it's just a quick knee pain, right, MRI, off you go. Yeah. But you want to listen to them. You want to understand why this has happened and how is it impacting on their life and okay so they can't play sport what does that mean and they're struggling to take the kids to school you know it's got quite a lot of impact so it's not just 
the injury, it's the impact it has, how you can fix that, how you can reassure them, what investigations you need to do at what point to not over-investigate, um, but actually yeah. follow a set protocol and make sure, right, conservative treatment, if that doesn't work, we can then look at being a little bit more interventional. And if that doesn't work and everything else fails, then we'll call our sort of preferred surgeons that we work with and get their opinion. Yeah. And you do have good preferred surgeons because I did have a hip operation through up and running. <laughs> Very good. My hip now works. No problems. Brilliant. <laughs> so my hip thanks you, Anna. <laughs> You're welcome. <hip. laughs> so I'm so pleased to see your growth. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next, hopefully within the next year. And then we will have you on the podcast to talk about all of that amazing growth that you've experienced. That'd be great. I look forward to it. Great. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Anna. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for listening to the Women on the Rise podcast and our 30 most inspiring female entrepreneurs. If you are inspired by today's episode, why not come and join us in Female Fusion? We would absolutely love to have you. This is where you will be able to connect with the most incredible female entrepreneurs who are all committed to building a most profitable business. All you need to do is head over to femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash join. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.